Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all over the world, the globe, international, intergalactic, wherever you happen to be with your podcast listening preference, this is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, the number one podcast for the lifestyle of video game developers and just video game development in general. And fresh off the delivery of his second son, Mr. Brandon Fam. Hey, what's up, guys? Black eyes, ready to roll. What's up? This is Brandon Fam. Please welcome our special guest this week, Sam Way. That's first name, last name, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. Not like Sam Wise, Sam Way. Hey, what's up, Sam? Yeah. Hello, hello. Welcome, buddy. How are you, Sam? <laughs> that was an epic intro, man. You do that every every episode. That was amazing. Every week, man. Every week, we generate <laughs> fresh content. That's why I, I keep amazing. telling the audience like I'm, they don't understand. <laughs> I'm so impressed. Thank you. Well, Sam, we uh, we have a bit of a history ch- together, but uh, this is the part where I ask you to introduce oh. yourself to our audience. A oh. little bit of a resume check. Ah, sure. Where you been at? Where are you going? What's up? Uh, first of all, uh, congrats on your son, your, your, your newborn also. I didn't know about that. Thank you. Um, so I am currently a uh, game designer in VR at a company called The Virtual Reality Company. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Chicago. I went to fil- I was a film major at Columbia College in downtown Chicago uh, with a concentration in computer animation. Um, Straight out of school, I uh, moved out to LA because uh, I figured I'd wanted to put my roots down um, in the center of the industry. And uh, I figured in Chicago, like there's not as many options. Um, So uh, my first job, out of college was actually at Spark Unlimited, yeah. uh, working on the game yep. uh, Legendary, the box, Ooh. and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, the way I got that job was interesting. My uh, uh, aunt in Diamond Bar, uh, east of LA, ran, used to run an out of home daycare. And she used to take care of the kids of one of the environment artists at the time. And at the time, my demo reel had like a werewolf in it, and they liked that a lot. And there was werewolves in Legendary, so uh, they pulled me in. Oh, nice. As, and um, so after uh, I sh- shipped uh, Legendary, uh, I wanted to. Uh, my original goal in college was to get into the film animation and TV animation industry. Um, just cause like, I, th- I think in college, uh, you kind of, uh, uh, just in film school, you, in computer animation school, they kind of romanticize being in the animation industry. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, once I got in, I was at a, so I ended up being a, a character modeler at, uh, Nickelodeon for two years i worked on uh, uh fanboy and chum chum and uh, a little bit of the penguins of madagascar tv series and uh, i also worked on the uh, kung fu panda tv series oh nice and uh so there i was a character modeler i did a lot of uh 
modeling characters and uh, facial blend shape modeling and uh, facial rig setup. And um, after that, after two years, I like got good at my job and I didn't feel like I was growing and I missed like the creative ownership that you get in uh, video games uh, as opposed to uh, the animation pipeline uh, in, uh, in f film animation. And so I went back to Spark Unlimited actually, uh, JP, uh, our former uh, environment uh, art lead. Yeah, uh, he uh, pulled me back into Spark Unlimited uh, to work on, uh, first there was an unannounced project that never uh, came to fruition, but uh, eventually pulled me into uh, Lost Planet 3, uh, where I worked with you guys. And yeah, that was a good game, man. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And, and during the course of that, I gradually transitioned to picking up more and more uh, uh, level design responsibilities. Uh, so I, I started, I, I, uh, for a long time, I, I wanted, was kind of pursuing the goal of becoming a game, a game designer. Um, and um, so after that, I went to uh, Denver, Colorado to work at Ilphonic. Um, I worked on uh, as a, as a level designer, um, and there's a lot. I'm like talking to myself. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so uh, at Elphonic, uh, so Rodney, uh, our former uh, uh, design yeah, lead, my boss at, at the time, yeah, yeah, uh, he uh, pulled me in to to Elphonic uh, as a designer. Uh, and I, over there, I worked on uh, Sonic uh, Boom, uh, Rise of Lyric for the Wii U. And uh, it's like a Sonic the Hedgehog game uh, that Big Red Button came out with. Uh, we worked on the mo local multiplayer over there. And uh, I worked on Star Citizen, uh, the FPS module <clears throat> for that. Damn, the and, game within uh, the game. That's what it sounds like, right? right? Oh, right, damn. right. FPS module. Uh, that was crazy. <laughs> um, and uh, after that, I helped out with uh, prototyping on early prototyping on the Friday the Thirteenth game. And uh, mm. and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then after that, uh, I moved back to. <coughs> to uh, LA and worked at uh, Giant Squid on Abzu, that underwater swimming game. Nice. And um, uh, after that, uh, I started uh, working for Alphonic again, from, but from home in LA. Um, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, most, I, w I worked on, uh, I, I've been helping out on this game called uh, it was it was originally called Moving Hazard. Um, they changed the name recently to uh, Dead Alliance. It's like a military shooter uh, with zombies as a strategic element that you can pit against uh, your enemies. Um, and uh, that'll that's getting released uh, soon. And. Nice. Uh, 
and then uh yeah recently I, I was curious about vr and uh uh craig our former uh, uh animation lead at spark unlimited pulled me over there uh and uh yeah it's been a good time vr is interesting <laughs> Well, it seems like you had every job under the sun. <laughs> starting starting out with a as a character artist, uh, becoming an environment artist, uh, making this making the switch to level design and then game design. Uh, every time you wanted to make the jump, did you find it difficult to do that? Uh, and how 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 about it? Would you were you doing that? Because a lot of the times, uh, in retrospect. Uh, a lot of my students, right? The thing is, they, they want to be a character artist or they want to be a rigger. Yeah. And those are the jobs that are like one out of 200 people in a company or something, right? right. Very difficult to get. Right. Concept artists even. Right, right. So, the suggestion has always been uh, like, hey, what, go in as something, uh, just get into the company, doing environment or prop because there's a lot of those jobs out there mm-hmm. and then making the switch so like in your experience how, how was it the first time when you were a character artist and you're like yeah i'll try doing some props environments do some yeah um i think so yeah originally my demo reel was all character stuff and then my first job was environment art and switching over I think it was pretty easy at the time. It was like Xbox 360 development, right? And uh, people weren't didn't fully integrate ZBrush yet into the pipeline, mm-hmm. and uh, it it wasn't very hard. I mean, like just like not having to consider uh, deformations and topology was different, you know, for modeling mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, texturing wasn't too different. Um, yeah, it, it, and uh, in terms of uh, transitioning from uh, uh, environment art to uh, design, it was it felt like a really natural transition, just because environment artists are always in the editor, anyways, and uh, a lot of times it was just easier and faster to just make certain design changes yourself. Uh, and uh, being an environment artist, you're, you become, you end up having a really broad skill set within the editor, within Unreal Editor, uh, just because uh, you have your hands on it all the time and uh, you end up touching all parts of the software, you know? Um. In terms of like, so I, I'm saying like in terms of like the technical challenge of transitioning, it wasn't a problem. I think the challenge, uh, there, where there was a challenge, was uh, getting the job, the, getting the design job, right? Uh, because in I found in LA uh, after our Lost Planet three project ended, um, it was as as an inexperienced. Uh, comparatively an inexperienced uh, designer uh, LA studios had the pick of the litter right because there's so much competition uh, yeah. so uh, uh, I was will be 
to make that career switch career path change um i was willing to move to a, a smaller place like denver colorado uh for to to work at alphonic uh and basically the Probably the main reason I was able to get that job uh, was because uh, Rodney had already worked with me and seen my work. Um, and uh, I like, like when I was applying for these design jobs, even outside of LA, um, I would get really far down the interview process. They'd like compliment my my uh design tests like profusely but oh nice at, 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 but uh, like i work my kick i'd hit hit that shit out of the park right but like at the end of the day they'd like get cold feet and hesitate because of my my relative lack of experience right so yeah it definitely goes to show even if you you do great on the design test like if you don't know someone, like it's really tough. It can be tough. Sorry to hear that, but I want to take a moment to shout out to Rodney for helping yeah. two young designers find their way. Right that on, would definitely yeah. big influence. Yeah, right. yeah, Rodney's been great. So, Sam, I actually want to take you way back for a moment. I was sure. really excited about doing this episode with you because I've actually mm -hmm. followed your work for what feels like decades. Oh my God. And here comes, <laughs> I think he already knows where I'm going with this. Yeah. But when I was in high school, I was a big Dragon Ball Z fan, like huge Dragon mm -hmm. Ball Z fan. I, I wanted to learn how to model so I can make my own Dragon Ball Z games. Never happened back then, but at least I was interested. One day I find out about this Dragon Ball Z game coming out on the internet called Bid for Power. Or like it was like a Dragon Ball Z. I don't even know if you made the name Bid for Power yet, right? But I hear yeah. about the project. Right, right. Like, it was a it was a mod for uh, Quake Three. Yes, mm. a Quake Three mod, Dragon Ball Z, with good looking character models at the time. Uh, that's yeah. not a, a backhanded insult. Like just at the time, where obviously character uh -huh. modeling isn't what it is today. I was so hyped for the game. I was heartbroken when I found out that they were like, "Oh hell no, you guys can't make your own Dragon Ball Z game." So yeah. can you take us back? as far as being yeah. early in your career and working on, you know, like a Dragon Ball Z game and maybe spend some time talking about that experience. Sure, sure. Um, Please. So I worked on maybe like th three like uh, character model skins, character model mm -hmm. textures uh, for that Bidford Power Dragon Ball Z mod. Um, before so so uh yeah funimation sent like a cease and desist letter to them and uh the uh the the characters that i worked on ended up not going into the final released mod uh, uh because they had to change all the characters into their own style yeah and so, they, so, they, so they wouldn't get sued or whatever um yeah so yeah back in the day i uh I grew up on like all the Quake games, uh, and uh, on I think even on Quake One, I had started doing painting character textures. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, they just called them skins. So I did yeah. skins for Quake One and Quake Two, just like individual releases, uh, and, and and Quake Three, and uh, kind of uh, dabbled a little bit in uh, the mod scene. Um, yeah, at the time, like, oh man, those mod scenes were so vibrant back in the day, man. Uh, yeah, seriously, really fun. We didn't have Unity um, or Unreal to make our own games, so you had to right. borrow a good starting point. 
Right, right, right. Um, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> I, I worked on uh, the the uh, Vegeta character model skin, uh, the Bulma character skin, and I think there was one more that I forgot. Anyways, that's it. So how, how did you get involved with that project? Was it just uh, reaching out to them or are you just posting um, stuff on forums and they just reached out to you? I think they reached out to me probably after uh, after after seeing like my existing skins in the community probably. Uh, mm, okay. Yeah. So you were just releasing them yourself and yeah. they just like hit you up. Yeah, yeah. They had like some kind of websites that where you could download a bunch of character skins and stuff and mods. Oh man. So then I probably have followed your work longer than i thought because i also was big in a quake too like when extremities right. came out my, oh my God. computer science class was all over and we were downloading skins and just railgunning all day Great. while we were in class uh That's what awesome. were some of your big or most popular quake 2 skins i'll let you know if i got one or two of them. i probably didn't i don't i don't have any popular quake 2 skins, but on quake 3 an individual really skin that was popular was this one called Sunkissed, where like i had like a f- panning flame shader underneath with black metal plates on top it was kind of fun uh, it was on the slash slash character anyways that's about it oh awesome yeah. man yeah so, so are you completely uh self-taught were you taking classes at that time and just started experimenting with this modding community um yeah just self-taught uh I can tell you a story about uh, getting my oh, first yeah. copy of Photoshop or something. Uh, <laughs> so uh, back in, this is probably like eighth grade or something. Uh, yeah, it was totally it was totally eighth grade. So at the time, uh, I was making these elaborate illustration in Microsoft Paint. And uh, uh, an awesome uh, nerd friend of mine, uh, saw these and was like what the hell are you doing and he sent me photoshop in like 1.3 meg rare files like over <laughs> mm-hmm. direct connect which is when your dial-up modem dials directly into a friend's dial-up modem to send mm-hmm. files over like who does that <laughs> like um anyways it's a good friend yeah <laughs> oh my god so i finally got photoshop and uh two years later right <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and i uh, started mucking around with uh making texture textures for games from there and uh that that's generally got me that's what got me generally into computer art mm-hmm. uh uh from there i did a lot of started doing like uh, uh a little web development graphic design photoshop stuff and uh like uh, when i was starting to apply to colleges um after getting a good handle on uh, graphic design and web development i was kind of like 3d seemed like the next technical step mm-hmm. in terms of uh continuing to grow my skill set um so i i wasn't initially specifically set on getting into the game industry actually i was just wanted to get into 3d at the time like uh the final fantasy the first final fantasy 3d movie came was coming out um which in terms of aesthetics it was like mind-blowing at the time right uh it's still really gorgeous and uh pixar movies were a big thing right 
Um, so yeah, it just seemed like uh, 3D was a smart thing to get into. Yeah, man, you uh, you might not have known where you would end up then, but clearly I think you made the right choice going into game design and screwing over all the art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So did you, let me ask you this, did you find yourself early on having a lot of interest in game design or did that maybe kind of happen um, as you went through your career? Uh, I think I started to really enjoy game design uh, when I was working on Legendary, actually. At the time, uh, the I, I ended up being in charge of the final boss level um because like it was like there was like um it was kind of faltering like like, uh, there was a lot of design problems and like it got passed between different designers multiple designers and uh so i just like uh overhauled it and um uh and it really took charge of the scripting and and the pacing of the level and uh yeah I, I remember like at that sprint review after i'd overhauled it uh i got a standing ovation from the sprint review crowd uh, and like wow. i was like i was so happy like that was so fulfilling <laughs> like so having that level of like creative control uh over the overall uh, player experience like mm-hmm. like i found like super gratifying um in terms of i think like so i think what drives me like some people like some uh, i've worked with a lot of passionate environment artists and they have like or artists in general that are are really passionate about the craft of making the art itself the visual art itself and for me it was always the craft was always just a means to an end right just to express myself in terms of uh when i was like an emo high school kid right uh, and like I, for me, like I don't think the craft itself was. Uh, I, I was never as passionate about the craft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, my like in college, my most gratifying experiences was like directing my own short films, so, like have, planning everything uh, meticulously, and then seeing all, all the pieces fall into place. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I found that transferred over to game design even more than the animation industry because like in the animation industry, like you're, uh, if you're not, if you're not passionate about the craft itself, then you're kind of, uh, just a cog in a big machine production pipeline machine. Right. Um, and how many people really on a f- animation production have re- like ultimate creative control? Like, two or three people at the top right yeah uh like the 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 screenwriter the director and everybody else is just about execution right uh like in at nickelodeon i'd have to like uh 3d model a character to the millimeter to the curvature of their concept art line art right and like how much creative control is that really right um uh so i just yeah that was my i think uh being able to have creative control and uh express my ideas 
at a high, on a high, higher level uh, has been my like core motivation uh, in terms of career and creative gratification. I've definitely seen that more and more the longer I stay in the industry. You know, art was just a way for me to uh, get my hands dirty. But, you know, I think everyone who wants to go into um, game development careers ultimately wants to have a say in the game design some form or another. Yeah. And I think at least with the big companies I've been at, it's kind of like art second and then the right. the eight wise men get in a room and they decide the whole game right it feels like that a lot so even right. if like you know there are some studios and you know that that actually uh encourage a team uh, approach to brainstorming and stuff sure. but ultimately at the very end of it you know it's, it's larry with his design buddies <laughs> qualified or not <laughs> uh in a room deciding the game like right. it's 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 insane right, right. so uh, so even then you know as an environment guy i'm learning like a billion uh different software just to do with this one freaking prop mm-hmm. uh, somehow you know I'm, I'm left out and i feel like the rest of the departments are, are pretty left out when it comes to the real decisions of the game like yeah. and it's funny right it's the decision in the game that determines you know how much time i spend on this level how much time i spend on this prop right. how much time i spend on this character right right and it, it all starts from there and yeah i, I definitely uh empathize with your feelings <laughs> when it comes to the longer you stayed in the industry the longer you saw it's like oh man if i really want to have creative control mm-hmm. you know i i need to get and hop over the fence to design right right or or, or work at a smaller company heard. right where where yeah or get more, yeah, or that where, where your voice is heard more um but yeah at the same time it makes sense like in terms of having a coherent design to not have too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, if the cooks suck, that's another motivation, right? Like I, 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 I wanted to like, I, I, I wanted to be able to demonstrate, uh, my design prowess to, you know, like, like yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps to have, like, I always feel like whenever there's an opportunity to take it within a team where you can kind of, like, get out of your lane a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> like, oh, a lot of places don't encourage that. Right. But, like, when you do have that opportunity, it's great right. to kind of flex your muscle and right. say, hey, I'm, I'm more than exactly a prop guy. Right. I, I have prop ideas, guy. too, Larry. Right. Right. <laughs> 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 what if they know you as prop guy <laughs> you may not be in position to try to flex your muscles <laughs> at least it'd be yeah. like first name last name with some prop guy number five did <laughs> hey, he say something <laughs> well like in design I mean, meetings right larry and, and even sam now that you're in those design meetings like how often do you guys sit there and like hey what does the team think <laughs> it's like yeah, someone else said this one time in the meeting. I think this might be cool. I mean, how often does the like the rest of the team get roped in to to help make a decision? Not not too many, I suppose. Right? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, I, I mean, of course, I need sign off if I if I have a lead. Uh, I, I need I want to get sign off from him initially, but uh, I. 
I try to, I don't know if I ask everyone, everyone for feedback. Mm. I, I definitely rely heavily on my QA team when I have access to one uh, because they, they're the ones that have played it the most, you know, mm. and, and intimately know uh, all the mechanics and uh, have played the crap out of anything, a, a given game. Um, and so their opinions are the most valid, right? Um, and, uh, but yeah, definitely as a designer, like you, you're, you're the greatest virtue is to be a good listener. Right. And, uh, yeah. really actively ask those questions and, uh, uh, get people to give you their feedback. So what I find, uh, works best for me is when I know that I have something that I feel like I can open up the floor for feedback or sorry, I, I take it as a step ahead. I at least try to get to a point where it's like, okay, we're going to narrow down what we want feedback on, you know what right. I mean? And so like, yeah. it, I feel like that is a great approach because you do involve the outside to, you know, kind of bring in like fresh eyes, new ideas, or just an yeah. alternate viewpoint. But at least yeah. you know that what they generate is going to be focused on the area that you are looking for the suggestion or looking for the help. Right. So that's that's probably been my favorite way to kind of involve people who aren't involved in game design with the opportunity to be involved in game design. So right, right, right. Yeah, having like specific questions, and uh, yeah, agree. All right, Sam. So I got a modding question for you to you know okay. kind of because I love that you kind of you know got a little bit of a start there. If you could mod a game, quote unquote, like you used to today, what game would you love to just jump in and like make art for? Oh man, that's a tough question. Uh, that's really tough. Larry Charles let's make, strikes again. Let, 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 let's make like, <laughs> let's make like an old school Team Fortress mod for Quake Champions. Oh, <laughs> okay. With oh, that like dude. gritty, gritty uh, Quake aesthetic, you know. Yeah. What's this card? You played the- Team Fortress, man. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, have you played a lot of the new Quake? Uh, yeah, I played quite a bit. Uh, um, I'm really mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, the the new uh, kind of MOBA ish hero mechanics are 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 interesting they're they're light they don't interfere with the core mechanics uh but they add kind of a meta game to it which is really interesting and kind of updates it right and uh yeah yeah it's pretty cool Dig it. do you feel like do you feel like the move to kind of like you said, design MOBA-ish characters, whereas like Quake 3 was just, these are just skins. All the characters are just skins. They just look different. Right. They all right, have the right. same health, power-ups, and weapons. Right, right. So how do you feel about the the switch to kind of, is that keeping with the times? Is that out of necessity? Like, where I guess, where at, do you at say? At first, I was definitely skeptical, right? Because it, it yeah, kind of uh, uh, makes it, it muddles uh, the ability of the game to be like a pure measure of skill, yeah. right? When when uh, you have uh, uneven character stat matchups, um, but at the same time, like having watched uh, Quake regular Quake mechanics uh, deathmatch 
over how many years like mm. this extra kind of flavor uh makes it is interesting i think uh it's done with a light touch mm. that keeps things uh it makes makes it so like not you don't necessarily know what the outcome will be with mm -hmm. a given matchup right um because maybe some player might be like particularly good at uh, a particular hero i wonder if we'll, that makes sense yeah i wonder if we'll ever see it kind of shy away from the way it's going now where it's like man every character is different everyone's got this and that and this and that i just want to go back to yeah. a pure skill you know like yeah, that's, 50. <laughs> right i i think uh they need i i think they'd please like the diehard old school fans if uh they had like a mode that just reverted it back to original yeah uh like pure pure skill everybody has the same stats kind of yeah i play it. I, I find it uh i find it funny um that that's like the uh kind of the thing to do now for for a lot of these games mm. which is pretty much copying the fighting games <laughs> like multiple characters right different skill sets but like uh, when it comes down to competition you know it's fair mm -hmm. it's my skill versus yours right. uh, you just pick that guy that's your fault <laughs> <laughs> but like it's a balancing thing right, right. so i think it's tough balance too yeah, very much that same way. Yeah, they might have a mode to revert it back to like a, like a, you know, even the playing field a bit. But like I, I see it just people are loving it too much now. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same reason like we all love fighting games and new characters and mm -hmm. stuff. Whenever something's added to Tekken or Street Fighter, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole community just championing that one hero or, or character of choice. Right. So. It's evolved. I mean, yeah. that's really it, man. Yeah. A lot of like Overwatch, if anything, has done just that. They just cranked it up, right? With the new hero, it's like an event every time they announce a new guy, right? So it's been interesting. It, it adds a little bit of uncertainty uh, going into a match, right? Like, oh crap, this guy is regularly like always like the most dominant, like skillful player. But what if? What what about this character matchup, right? Like maybe the, mm -hmm. the da dynamic changes a little bit. So like when you were, um, so you move out to LA and uh, you know you made that career switch, and you, you talked about how necessary it was, right? You know LA's tough uh, to get a, an official design gig, even with. I've been in the industry for this many years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, right. I got to start over, basically. Right, right. Uh, so transitioning to Colorado, mm -hmm. how's that, man? Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about Denver, Colorado, dude. Yeah, I don't uh, know anything about Denver either, man. Uh, my first day there, it like started snowing. I was like, "What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is this white stuff?" Yeah, yeah. I was in LA for like since 2006, and then like a few years back, I moved to Denver briefly. And like, uh, so, uh, but I love the city. It was like, uh, it's a really compact little city that has like just enough to keep things interesting, and it's like definitely the that city is growing so fast. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, the property values are skyrocketing because like all these 
there's not enough uh, supply to meet demand of like all these California people moving over there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's it's small enough that it's easy to get around and t- with like public transportation and uh, uh, like a quick Uber ride. So your nightlife is really fun because you can bounce around different places and um, and uh, everybody's really nice. Uh, like get, you can strike up a conversation with strangers there. LA, I feel like is more, uh, people are a little cold, uh, uh, standoffish with strangers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. one, one big thing that was like tough, uh, in Denver was the lack of diversity. Uh, mm. so what, like, what is it that you mean? Uh, <laughs> like, because I'm a lot Asian, of snow in Denver, right? I'm uh, because I'm Asian, like, I felt like I was like representing like all Asians everywhere to the white people I met. Like, the second someone had You're one of them, Asians, yeah, right? Uh, so, like, the second anybody had any sort of cultural question about any sort of Asian culture, they would ask, Oh, uh, you're the thought. token guy, right? Ah, yeah. uh, uh, they go to like the Vietnamese restaurant, they're like, Sam, right. what should I order? Right, 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 <laughs> What's uh, good so, here? <laughs> right. Nothing's more racist. <laughs> um, uh. And uh, I have some fun stories about that stuff. Uh, oh, so I, I was dating. <laughs> I, I was dating this girl, right? And uh, uh, I met her for mom for the first time uh, in Colorado Springs, so the, to the south of Denver, Ooh, which is I've heard of that. Uh, yeah. even less diverse. And uh, and. Uh, Afterwards, uh, she told my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was like, uh, his English is so good. And I was like, oh, man, I don't even know. That uh, that's terrible, Wait, did, you, did you hear her say uh, that? Like, scary. you were just in the other room, or did your girlfriend tell you that? Uh, right my next girlfriend to you, told right? me that later, yeah. Uh, there you go. Oh, she probably uh, told so the this- nice stuff then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> he seems to drive just fine. Um, oh, right. <laughs> right. Or he did say public transportation was good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, this is the thing, right? Like, this is what I'm interested in. Uh, um, I'm guessing there's not a lot of game companies in Denver. There's like two. There's literally there's two. two. Yeah. Is it was it because one of the founders were from Denver? That's why they went back there, or was this uh, a booming city yeah. an opportunity? Yeah. One of the founder, uh, like one of the, like basically two of the founders. Uh, yeah, their lead programmer is there too. Is there too? And uh, but yeah, the original the the owner of the company is actually from LA originally. Oh, okay. But uh, I think when he was starting the company, like Denver hadn't started blowing up yet so it was a, the cheaper option to start a company I see. and the people he was partnering with uh, to start the company were based in denver so there you that go informed yeah. The decision. Yeah. so i'm always encouraging game companies kind of getting out of this kind of mecca cities for game companies you know at first you know it's the obvious choice it's like well you you know that's why silicon valley is there right it's just a bunch of tech companies and uh, job security of anything right you know one job doesn't work the other one is right around the corner and you'll be just fine yeah 
but like now those game companies that are freaking diluting like specific cities mm-hmm. we're seeing such a crazy amount of costs just to live there mm-hmm. right. and to, to survive with a family and everything mm-hmm. and so continuing that way you're you're just going to be stuck with uh it's not like our salary has skyrocketed since mm-hmm. the beginning of the you know game history right right it's been yeah, it's been growing but you know yeah. as you can see every year and uh, uh the game dev uh, what it was it the um gdc magazine mm-hmm. or salary yeah. survey or whatever they yeah. show up. this is like the incremental uh increases right, right. so I hope that because of the indie boom and the indie spirit that's been happening the last few years, like more and more companies are either turning towards more virtual type of workplaces, Mm -hmm. you know, being more open to the idea that employees just live wherever they want as long as I can see you on Slack chat. Right, 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 (laughs) right. Yeah. I hope that's one way to do it. But like things like uh, moving to Denver, Colorado, which is like what? Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, there, you know, even uh, Portland, like Oregon, Again, it is starting to boom. Yeah. Um, but like places like that, I'm always excited to hear mm-hmm. that there are choices, right? right. Uh, other than LA right. or SF or right. you know, right, 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 Canada and all that, right? So, yeah. But what also scares me is, is that you know, I'm Asian. There's not a lot of place <laughs> where I can go right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I can blend in. Right. Right. You're not, like, you're not gonna it's a big part of it. Yeah. So much more now. I just have to say, like, I'm. It's like oh, I love meeting new people, uh-huh. and I, I really do feel most people uh, aren't like malicious. Yeah, it's right. just you know a little a little bit ignorant when it comes yeah. to right, right cultures that are different than theirs yeah, and yeah. there might be a learning curve but it's like yeah. dude if every time we go to an asian restaurant you're asking me what i should get yeah so i'm gonna get annoyed <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like i don't right, right. i don't know yeah. i'm not filipino man <laughs> right, right. Um, so that's my only concern it's yeah. like you know i think it sounds like you had a few I, of the stories i think so, which is always funny I think to hear the, i think the the day to day was fine. I think uh, the one thing that was challenging as like a single Asian guy in, in yeah. Denver is like yeah. I only attract like uh, nerdy white girls, and there's like no other <laughs> Hell Asians, yeah. right? Hell yeah! Uh, but it's all for you, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's like it, he's, it, he's I mean, draining like, Denver, Colorado. So diversity in terms of the a, a dating a given dating scene, if you're single, is a is a consideration. You know. Yeah. Uh, Were you like the first first Asian for a lot of these <laughs> dates? <laughs> <laughs> they have to be right yeah. denver colorado it's like Maybe. you should know the other guy by name i know right, 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 right. Right. <laughs> like, like literally i was like i would see another asian on the street i was like can we be best friends <laughs> like, 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 oh my god i'm not the only one i'm so happy like, like i would literally be like that when i was like trashed at a bar at, like yeah. in the night during nightlife stuff Oh, I, I never i totally understand it now since yeah. you know at a at a spark 
you know, when I was first working with Larry, I would see it a lot with him. <laughs> <laughs> he would just walk funny. by at, at a restaurant, and then uh, there was another black guy, and they nodded. She's like, oh, you know him? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's a thing. It's like, oh, it's a thing. Uh, we made it. All right, cool. Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, I wish we had that. Uh, I'm just uh, another Asian here in Los Angeles, so mm-hmm. we don't have that at all. It's like, right, right. I, if I look at someone like Sam, and the, it's like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, this, I don't, this no, no big I don't deal. get it. Yeah, no big deal at all. No, yeah. I feel like there's too few of us to compete. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. that's why it's like, oh, man. Obviously, we're going through the same struggle. If I see you here and you see me, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's only when you're like part of the majority is when you like, you know, like are standoffish or you're, you know, whatever. Um, I just have to say, I want to take this moment to relate. I relate to you guys. Like we, we're all like, we have common ground. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Sam, you want to play a game? Uh, Sure. It's Maybe. not Saw. You'll get to leave with all your body parts, I promise. Okay. Uh, so this game we invented, it's called The Fast Five. Um, how it works is I'm going to ask you five quick questions, and we're looking for five kind of quick answers, right? Don't take too long to think about it. Just be like, yeah, this, that. Um, okay. I'm not going to tell you any of the questions at a time, though. So it's either yes, you're in, or no, you're not. And you'll be the first person to bitch out and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Just letting you know. What? What? Wait, wait, <laughs> so, I have an option are you, to answer. Are you, are you in or are you kind of? Yes. Is that the first right, one? Let's do this. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was the warm up. All right. Oh, question okay. number one. If you could pick one artist to take ownership of all of their artwork and say that you did it, right? And that artist just no longer has their name on the art. All of their art is just yours. And you're like, yeah, this is me. Who would it be? Maybe he's played out by now, but like James Jean, I just love the symbolism in his paintings. Mm-hmm. Awesome. He's badass. Yeah, I need to go Google, but that's a good answer, I believe, because I haven't heard it before. Second question. Do you ever want to make your own project as both artist and designer? Uh, yes. Game project. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, yes. Thank you for answering both. Number three. What is the game that you've beat the most times? I'm kind of a once and done kind of guy, uh, but I revisited Bioshock One uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number four. No, you, Journey. Oh, Journey. What? I played what? that a lot. Okay. Sorry, Journey? I played. Right, no I played Journey quite a few times through just because it was short. Yeah, Journey was good. Oh, was was good. Did you like helping yeah, other people? Really That's not part of the Fast Five. That's just a quick. Uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, I okay. did help people here and there. Uh, question number four. If you could put yourself into any game world and live for the rest of your life, which would it be? Uh, VR porn. <laughs> uh, be I was just talking about Bioshock, but, but Bioshock Infinite. Dude, not, that's It would be shit. awful. It would be scary as shit to live in, <laughs> but like... It's a city in the sky, man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live in a city in the sky. Uh, but yeah, that'd be yeah. awful. I couldn't think of another place. Uh, I don't have anything better. Okay, no problem. 
So you must not want a very long life, but at least it'll be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those utopias don't last that long. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the common theme with those. Right. Uh, <laughs> last question for you. The game that came out in the last few years that could have most benefited from you being on the project. Oh, shit. Damn. Uh... No Man's Sky. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. No Man's Sky. Awesome. That's still your, still your answer, dude. That's all right, that's answer. it's record time, Sam. I think you're in first place of all the people that we've yeah. done this with. You are the fast five. Champion. All right, all right. Congratulations. All right. I, I took the time, time, uh, the 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 urgency seriously. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we like to you know have fun on the podcast to kind of warm uh-huh. up the the episode. Sure. So, yeah, dude. Congratulations. Uh, I will give you your prize at the end of the podcast. So, you know, All right. keep going. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So let's bring it back to art and design, man. Okay. Were there any big influencers for you on the game design front that kind of like, yeah, like I really like how this designer does this, or how this company is known for designing really well in this area? Were there any kind of standout performances in game design that kind of you know, that you looked towards for inspiration in your career. Mm. I mean, and don't mention my stuff, but you know, that's, that's just not, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, I, I brought up, I keep talking about Bioshock, but, uh, oh, and I, I loved how I, I, I revisited Bioshock because, uh, uh, how, because of how it, handles narrative and and uh, game mechanics uh and uh yeah <laughs> sorry uh, uh i think uh, something that a designer that has influenced me the most though is just like reading uh is jesse jesse shell from uh the book uh, oh, uh the lens of, of game, game design. design yeah the art of game design a book of lenses um i think that has informed the way i communicate about game design the most mm-hmm. um uh and yeah it's that's been my biggest influence really yeah shout um, out to jesse shell from go ahead yeah, that's, that's from, from project to project, like I'll, I'll like it's from project to project, I'll be influenced by a different game, you know, uh, because like I'll be researching a different genre or a, a different style of game, right? Um, so there isn't like a single real, there isn't really a single game that like has influenced me more than a, another, really. That's fair enough. Fair enough. He's like, I'm, I influenced myself, Larry. I just, (laughs) no, I, I have to say, I I consider you like, uh, I don't want to say triple threat, but I like to say double threat because (laughs) any artist like who's really good at art, who then likes to go into game design has a considerable set of skills, right? Like if you wanted to just go and make your own game, you're like two thirds of the way there as far as for yeah. getting something quality out, right? Like right. sure, sound, animation, you know, all the other right. respective parts, but you literally could yeah, just yeah. make something very beautiful and also fun or like a great yeah. experience, right? So yeah, like yeah. I've always been jealous of game designers who are great at art or artists who are great at game design. So, you know, how, do, how does it feel? You know, do you ever 
take advantage of that confidence in both of the areas? Like, do you ever walk into the art room? Like, listen, bitches, I used to do this. Like, I know that you didn't do this right or didn't do that. I'm just kidding. Uh, But like, do you definitely, first of all, yes, you can call me a triple threat, dude. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, so actually the, my current job, um, uh, at this uh, company called the virtual reality company, uh, I took the job because I was, I'm, I'm on, I've been hired to be on a prototype team. Uh, uh, so I'm actually, I've been able to leverage my really broad skill set, um, And it's been, I've been really enjoying it actually just recently. Um, so I've been like doing like high level game design docs, uh, uh, and all the way into prototyping and like I was rigging a character the other day as I was uh, uh, I, I'm doing AI scripting today like it's doing like animation blend, uh, uh, blend space logic like it's, it's been so I, so I, it's been I, I really enjoy leveraging my broad skill set um, and uh, yeah so and, and definitely Sometimes I do work with uh, a less experienced uh, uh, environment artist or, or or something, and and I am able to uh, provide some value teaching them certain certain things. Um, Have any of them? Does it, uh, does sorry, this... I just have one last question for me. Have any of them like not known you know your expertise in art, and so they kind of give you attitude? You know what I mean? Has that happened? Um, and you don't have to name names. I'm just wondering. No, no attitude. Oh, that's awesome. You just got to be upfront, like, like, yeah. but, uh, well, I always like give the caveat, like, I've been out of the game for a few years, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. everybody's using Substance Painter and all this other workflow stuff. What is this like, uh, uh, physically based rendering PBR. stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, so, so mm-hmm. I am already behind a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, certain things, you know, like little little nuanced things and unreal like yeah uh, yeah, I still can provide some value there amen I I definitely like the fact that you're uh, you have basically three resumes now uh, (laughs) which is awesome job security but like a lot of vets out there can relate to the more we go into the industry the longer we stay here we kind of want to touch more things about the game mm-hmm. besides our, our particular craft, right? Yeah, yeah. E- even though I'm, I'm specifically an environment guy and that's mm-hmm. what I'm good at and that's what I get paid to do and right. people are paying me for that. Right. Occasionally, I like to be dabbling in other things mm-hmm. to help out. Like, um, yeah. you know, I feel like uh, at least the driven guys like yourself have always more things to offer than than what they're being paid to do mm-hmm. like yeah. it's very uh it's very common i mm-hmm. feel like a uh, high level veterans have multiple skill set right i mean they've been around very talented people for so many years mm-hmm. and at some point they would have to kind of dabble a bit here and there right. to kind of get their ideas across right, right. i'm always good glad to kind of see that happening more and more mm-hmm. often yeah 
you know, Larry, Larry and the design team where they need help sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie, man. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. There's a, I think my biggest problem and a lot of designers I'll say, and I won't name names, but it's like, we're responsible for the fun, but it's, it's difficult if you don't have an understanding of like architecture and space and like color theory and things like that. We may have this idea for a fun scenario, but then the translation of like our chicken scratch 2D map, right? Into mm-hmm. you guys take that and like scratch your head. Like, I guess this box is supposed to be a car and this box over here is supposed mm-hmm. to be something else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, we probably don't leave you with much to work with. So I'm always uh, thankful of environment artists who can make me or the design team, like they can help bridge that gap between what we're right. not able to do very well you know, like, cause we kind right. of need you to like take the art and actually give us something to them. Like, ah, cool. From here, mm-hmm. like, I can really implement some stuff. But, right, right. you know, before I really got into 3D, man, I was like, hey, Brandon, can you take these boxes and like, this is a, this is a marketplace over here. And right, these boxes, right. this is the like, you know, this is the, I don't know, the car crash area. So right. that's when I go to file new map. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do this for real now right he's just saying, like, oh yeah cool cool he's acting like he's taking notes and shit <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a funny uh, dynamic man like I-, I went into the game industry and sam you probably found out obviously this way too i went in the industry thinking that oh, i got game ideas i wanted to make a game sometime mm-hmm. you know use do using the art track to get in right Mm-hmm. But soon realizing, like, unless you're a designer, you really don't have that much say mm-hmm. in the right. game itself. It's yeah. just the truth, right? Yeah, Everyone, yeah. the bigger the company, mm-hmm. the the bigger the game, mm-hmm. there's less likely they're going to allow you into those design meetings. Right, right, right. And talk about ideas. Right. And it depends what you're passionate about, you know? Like, some people are, like, all about, like, they're, they're like, literally, like, the landscape painters of... Uh, environment artists and they're like passionate about like crafting the the, the, the fine details and uh, it really depends what you're into mm-hmm. Sam what else are you into um, I you sound like you're in the last juggling a lot of stuff <laughs> uh, I'm I, when I was in Denver, I started getting to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I'm like super oh, addicted now. Wow. Nice. Um, it's so fun. I'm addicted. Like, I'm addicted to Jiu-Jitsu. Like I was addicted to Starcraft. Like it's like, like the most strategic, like visceral, like best ga- game ever. <laughs> it's like, nice. yeah, video game in real life. Dude, I'm so happy to hear that, Sam. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I've been uh, training at uh, Dynamics MMA in uh, West LA. Uh, uh, I got I'm a two stripe white belt still. Uh, uh, training under uh, Gustavo Gasparin, uh, who uh, is a black belt under uh, Fabrizio Verdum, oh, nice. um, who's. Uh, we just fought in the, the yeah, yeah, dude. He, that was rough. He, he got robbed. He got robbed. Oh, uh, you don't think he? Well, he he came alive in the third round. Right. I'll yeah. Give yeah. Him the third round, easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't That's say the same with the first two. By the rule set, he lost. But <laughs> by the yeah, rule set, like, yeah, yeah. But if if the, you know, it's momentum those, like, wise, right. Yeah, he he ended the fight with all the momentum, one hundred percent. I'm right, happy to right, see right. him go at it though. 
Yeah, that was tragic. <laughs> um, oh man! And uh, yeah, so so the other big uh, the other uh, black belt at the school uh, is well, there's quite a few black belts actually, uh, but uh, Henry Akins is the big name. Uh, that he's a black belt under uh, Hicks and Gracie. Oh man! Uh, uh, so it, it's, it has a good lineage. Uh, uh, Seriously, yeah, that's every, actually. That's everybody's legit, a man. beast yeah, yeah everybody's a beast at my school dude everybody's like has like crazy heavy top pressure um yeah yeah dude. brutal even the, like your master training under Verdum, right like no one yeah. wants to be on the ground with him you know what I mean? like right, right, other right, black right, right. belts don't want right. to go there you know so right right yeah holy shit yeah Sam, um, you remember I've always been very nice to you and uh <laughs> never had any problems. <laughs> I, just today on uh the jujitsu subreddit, uh I saw there was a Verdum gif where uh, I forgot who the other fighter was. The other fighter had him and uh, had him, caught his leg, caught one of his kicks and caught his leg and could have taken him down, but it took a moment and he let it go. He's just like, yeah. No, I don't want to go to the ground nope. with you. <laughs> This awesome moment of like, uh, nope. <laughs> Smartest move that guy ever made in his life. I tell you what. Right, right, right. It's great. All right, well, Sam, uh, we brought you here for a reason, and I told you that because you won, I was going to give you something. Oh, and I, I have this gift for you right here. Oh, it's called. Brandon and I are going to be very quiet, and we're going to allow you to talk directly to our audience and promote, shout out, draw attention to, or just raise awareness for something you're really excited about, something you're involved in, or you just think needs more attention out in the game industry or in your life in general. And if you have none, you know, just shout out your parents, thank them for the support, but you know, but without further ado, same way, the floor is yours. Um, I've been talking about my job stuff a lot. If you're interested in my portfolio, it's samway.com, uh, spelled Sam W E Y. Uh, um, everybody should try jujitsu. It's super fun and good for you. And, uh, you can learn to choke a dude out. (laughs) And I don't know, man. Uh, what else? Uh, play more quake, play quake champions. Yeah. Um, VR is cool. AR is on the horizon. Uh, all that stuff's cool. Yeah, I think that's my shout out. <laughs> Little rambling shout out. It's all good. Brandon, you got anything to jump in before I uh, do my thing? Well, a shout out to Denver, Colorado, to the other <laughs> Asian guy. Yeah, uh, that one. You know who you are. He's got all the nerdy girls now all to himself. Like <laughs> I know. He, yeah, he was friendly at first, right, but you right. know he was like, hey man, this guy's writing into my Somebody needs to check on that guy and make sure he's still alive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of opportunity, so to speak. But right. Larry Charles, you're on the left, I'm on the right. I guess it's my time to say goodnight. This is Brand Fab. See you guys next week. <laughs> Later. <laughs> what what, what <laughs> do we do now? <laughs> what do we do now? I don't know. 
you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.